Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're doing a season 5.1 wrap-up. Yeah. 5.1. Yeah. Because it's not quite a full season 5. No, I think I've, I finally, after listening to the various recaps and, and the Insider podcast and Billigan interviews, the, the only reason they're doing this as one season mm-hmm. is to avoid giving everyone contractually bumped up raises. <laughs> <laughs> the in between seasons, oh, AMC strikes again with the money. In between seasons, you mm. have to give them, but if you treat it all as one season, which begs the question of were all the agents asleep at the wheel? No kidding. Like, oh, you're going to shut down production, let my client go home for a year, <laughs> and fly and, and bring them all back. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what the hell? Yeah, Cranston agent like- needs to get on the phone and say. Uh, he's going to grow his hair back out if you guys don't do something about this. See, I feel like that this was some kind of, you know, they, they, everyone had to agree to it, basically, or it wouldn't have happened, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the, the the agents don't fall asleep. They're probably pissed. Probably. Their, their whole purpose in life is to make money for their clients and themselves. Sure. So what are we doing this week? That's a good question. I hear we have a lot of emails to st- go through. I started to assemble an outline on Sunday, and then you said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm running behind on feedback. Could you check it out for me? And I started doing it. I'm like, well, shit, the listeners are bringing up all the points I was going to bring up. So yeah. let's do all feedback. They actually ask us several questions. We can respond, and we'll do a nice little forward-looking recap uh, predictions just using their uh, – Feedback. So they cover everything. We don't. We don't even need to say like cover. what was our favorite episode, or anything like that. They oh, cover it all. Well, if you have some things you want to cover, oh, I was just going to ask you what your favorite episode of this half of the season was. You want me to go first? Yes. Give you some time to think. All right. Yes. Uh, I think my favorite was when Walt killed Mike. Uh, that was a really strong episode, especially there at the end, and the 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 impact that that had on Walt made a real difference. And I think very few things have impacted Walt in that way. Huh. Uh, and it was good to see Walt put in his place at least uh, moments before he killed the guy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that. But probably my second favorite was um, the one right after train the train job where uh, they were they had the really cool opening where they were breaking down the bike buyout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Real good episode. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's probably my favorite one. Buyout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it had it just felt like a classic Breaking Bad episode. But, but damn, honestly, man, Mike, Mike got the shaft. Honestly, I'm looking back trying to think if I gave a single episode less than an eight. I mean, I think this <laughs> uh-huh. true or false is this the strongest overall season? Uh, man, I love four. Yeah, four is so good, and Gus is such a strong character. It's, it's- yeah. It's hard to top Gus. I mean, I've always ranked it, or I mean, I'd, last year I ranked it as three and four as a virtual tie for tops because uh-huh. they're basically one big season. Yeah. Uh, you can't really say that about season five. It's its own distinct season. Mm-hmm. 
season then I like season one and season two is a distant third because I just thought season two is kind of a mess, especially the way it ended. Yeah. Um having said that, I'm trying to think of Crawl Space. Sure. But I'm trying to think <laughs> if there's if, if season five belongs on that season three, four tier or if it's oh. just a step below that and and a little bit above season one. I feel like we're gonna have to wait until the second half to really judge this season. Because I don't think all of our payoff was loaded in the first half. So you want to take them as a single season? I think we should, yeah. Okay. Honestly. All right. I know they're not written at the same time, but I think there's going to be a, an arc that... I mean, what's going to happen with Hank, you know? Mm-hmm. That could be astounding. Right. Could oh, yeah. Could be really good. Uh, is there a worst uh, episode you have? Your least favorite? Oh, uh, I hadn't thought of that. Do you have one? Give us time to think. Uh, I still think season one or episode one, live free or die is Uh the weakest. It was a very disappointing season opener. I have warmed up to the flash forward, but Mm -hmm. I felt like the flash forward at the front was kind of risky and off putting. Um, and it was a lot of setup too. a lot of setup and it just couldn't meet up with all of the awesome, you know, the tradition of just awesome balls out, uh, you know, See Breaking Bad season openers. I'm going to go with the Magnet uh, episode. I believe that is episode one. Oh, shit. Well, I'm going to go with the Magnet episode, uh-huh. <laughs> which is, yeah, and that, the that's, same one. That's the, the dumbest of okay. the heist, I thought. The poor, the exactly. poorest conceived. Yeah. They did much cooler heist with the train job. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know, the Magnet thing. It was a good idea. I just don't think it was well executed by the the characters. Right. All right. Well... I tell you what, um, I also have forgot the last two weeks as I've been traveling and, and we've been kind of doing this with our ass on fire head catching, but uh, I forgot to shout out our podcast music the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. It's always included a link to it in our show notes, but if you didn't know, our theme music is Breaking Mad by the German duo Deinst and Schulter. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. Very good. We have a challenger. Uh, a fan, Aaron Zimmerman, has made a techno... Um, kind of remix. Uh, what's he calling it? It's a, 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 a cross between hip hop and electronic bass remix of the Breaking Bad theme, which we're going to close the show with. Okay, and uh, you can get to that at SoundCloud.com slash misk m i s k slash misk dash blue dash white, which I will also include in the show notes. And let us know what you like better, and uh, we might make that the official theme music for season five point two slash six. <laughs> uh, it's getting too complicated to talk about that real quick before we move on a lot of people have asked you know what are we doing next yeah. um the fact is we are not ready to announce doing another podcast because we have got a pretty full slate mm-hmm. we're hoping that our buddies over at personal arrogance which i've hoped you've had a chance to check out um their show um Je- eric and jesse are planning on doing one yeah. Uh, in the near future, but they haven't committed to one yet. And Jim and I would love, I mean, I think we would both like to do a, uh, like either Boardwalk Empire or Homeland cast. We just don't have the time. With the, we, we tried yeah. doing that last year and almost killed us. That's what I was going to say. We know there are shows coming up that overlap each other, mm-hmm. and we don't want to put ourselves in the same position <laughs> that we were last year doing three or four casts a week. Right. Uh, with full-time jobs to go along with that. so Right. And th- if we did it this time, in fact, we'd be doing five and six podcasts <laughs> because yeah. we're not really... There's going to be a couple, like one or two weeks where we still do two or three. Uh-huh. So um, the other thing... so But but 
Uh, for everyone that's on Facebook, I am going to start weekly threads, open threads on those shows that we're not covering but we're fans of, such as Homeland and Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. So on Sunday nights, if you want to, you know, we got a regular list of people that like breaking down the episodes. I'll be in there as well. Uh, you know, we've got some, it's like 1,200 fans and we get 150 comment threads. So if you're jonesing, to talk with somebody about Homeland or Boardwalk Empire, and I'm open to other suggestions as well. Um, I'd like to fa- at least watch the shows that I'm I'm covering on Facebook. Of course, right? So it's like I'm not going to do True Blood or something like that yeah. that I just don't watch. But those are definitely strong uh, contenders. Um, we should come up with a list of shows that we're currently watching so people yeah. can talk about them on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Um, the other thing is we had a lot of feedback about the meetups where people are wondering, like, you know, when are you coming here? The fact is mm-hmm. we basically go to the cities that we have an excuse to go to anyway. We had more than a few Indianapolis fans were like, what the fuck? You guys live here and you've never done a meetup. <laughs> uh-huh. So we're going to commit to a season opening Walking Dead meetup in Indianapolis uh, at a, dis- a location that will be disclosed. But our rough plan is to show up at the spot about an hour uh, we're going to work all this out. We've got a couple locations in mind, but we're going to show up at the spot about an hour before the season premieres, uh, watch it, and we're going to probably do it at a restaurant or a theater, um, watch the episode all together, and then do a like instant take recap right after the show with some audience question and answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're, as soon as we get this together, we're going to put like a little uh, form um online to see you know if we can get rsvp'd who thinks they're going to be coming so we can get an idea of how big the venue needs to be so we got that and uh we've got a denver i know there's going to be a denver meetup sometime in february Mm -hmm. uh i think mid to late february it's looking Uh, like not denver right boulder well i mean it's an hour away so i figure we go to denver get the (laughs) bigger city yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah So there will be a Denver meetup in, in February. I'm not sure what shows will be on at that time. I don't know. Um, probably none of them. <laughs> probably none of them. It's going to be the be one a, week where we've got it off. It'll just be a random. Um, but, uh, so we got that coming. Um, we might have a few others announced, but we also have – We uh, Jim and I really want to do it big this next last season of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple ideas up our sleeve as far as, you know, where to do that and how to do it and all that. But we, we'd like to go big for some big, giant meetup, Breaking Bad Festival. Stay tuned for more information about that. Uh, the other thing we got next season, we've lined up an interview with uh, Gomi, uh, Stephen Michael Quezada, uh, and hopefully Dr. Goodman from Madrigal Electromotive. We'll probably be doing some maybe preseason casts on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm really interested to talk to that guy, see what's up with the site. Uh, yeah. And, and who maybe, if he can drop some knowledge on who he is. And Gomi is becoming a much bigger character, and, you know, he had the classic... Uh, yeah. You know, the hey, big smile, the big smile, the big <laughs> creepy smile. We're going to talk about that. Uh-huh. So a couple things to look forward to for next season, but uh, unfortunately, no new podcast to announce. The next one will be um, Walking Dead in mid-October and then on the Justified Game of Thrones, Mad Men, the cycle repeats. Yes, it does. Uh, so we're ready to move on to the audience feedback. Let's Be- do before it. Before we do, is, is Audible sponsoring this last episode? Yes, they are. All right. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and get their shout out because that's where it is in the outline. Uh, we are sponsored by Audible this week, and if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove, they have over 100,000, 100,000, hundreds and thousands, a myriad, 100,000 audio titles available, and you can get a free audio book when you sign up. So that's very cool if you got, uh, you know, you, you're, you're 
you're missing the bald move crew over the next five to six weeks and you need your audio fix go to audible yeah. dot dot com slash bald move and check out your free one that free i kind of want to check out i've heard that the uh, jurassic park 2 like totally messed up the plot of the book and I really want to go check that out. So I might check out uh, Jurassic Park. Interesting, because I don't know that I agree. I've read all three of the Jurassic Parks. Oh, you have? Okay. Yep. And I r- had the distinction of reading them all before. I'm, I'm going to sound like a Jurassic Park hipster here. Uh, I read them before the movies came out. <laughs> so Before they were cool. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say they screwed up. Maybe with throwing Malcolm's kid in. Mm-hmm. I guess that was kind of a you know little over-the-top Spielberg moment. Yeah, with her doing acrobatics. Yeah. Kicking dinosaurs in the face. Yeah. But a lot of the big set pieces I remember, like the T-Rexes attacking the little RVs. Wait, is number two The Lost World? Or is that number three? I don't know. Because maybe they super screwed up three. Let's see. So number one was the one with all Uh, of them. Number two was the uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum special, Uh Malcolm. And then number three was back with Dr. Grant. So it's like, did it have Dr. Grant in it or not? That I, don't, it I don't know. They were talking. Somebody was talking about it in a podcast I was listening to, and uh, they said that they totally screwed it up. So I'll uh, have to go listen to all of them. All right. Why the hell not? Yeah. They get, are they all available? I assume so. <laughs> they have 100,000 books, man. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park's got to be one of those, right? Certainly. It's a big okay. Book. On to our feedback. It's the rest of the episode. Uh, first one, Sean from Georgia said... Uh, he loved the montage of the Crystal Blue Persuasion. Can't believe it took them this long to use that song. Thought it was a great way to show up Walt's climb up the financial ladder. Also, love Skyler getting some of her joy back, especially the kids coming home. Do you think that they have any other songs in the pop culture that... Because they reference the Crystal Ship, Crystal Blue Persuasion. Are there any other methamphetamine-related songs that they might mind that you can think of? Uh, I don't know of many methamphetamine songs. Honestly, I think that the third classic Third Eye Blind, Third Eye Blind song, oh. um, which is all about doing crystal meth. What is that? Uh, Semi charm kind of life. Yeah, yeah. Is it about crystal meth? It's all about crystal I had meth. No idea. They actually say crystal meth in the song. I didn't listen to the lyrics. It'll, that it'll closely. lift you up until you break. You can't stop. <laughs> All right. It's a commercial for Crystal Meth, basically. I yeah. think they need to work in Third Eye Blind before the season. How the over. hell would you work it's that a mo- song? It's in. a fucking montage song. Clearly a montage <laughs> song. Moving on to Brian H., the plain uh. Nazi. Do you remember this guy? The one that t- took me to task for not knowing the right plane models involved in the no. commercial air district. Well, anyway, he had a really nice analysis of the final Walt Whitman poem. Oh, cool. Um, and he said, the first two lines, gliding o'er all, through all, through nature, time, and space. says, I believe this is viewed as a reference to the way Walt has affected so many lives in Albuquerque. Walt thinks he's above all these people he's left in his wake. Jane, Tuco, Crazy Eight, Gus's two dealers, and even Gus himself. And his actions as a result of the grandiose feelings that he has stretched uh, throughout countless lives in the ABQ, and now his reach is extended further into Arizona and Texas. Should even people in Mexico have been affected by Walter's actions? And don't forget the Czech Republic, where now at least 20% yep. of the population is addicted <laughs> to meth now that they got the blue sky. Definitely. Next line, as a ship on the waters advancing, the journey of the soul, not life alone. He says this represents karma. Villigan loves to stress the importance of karmic retribution in the Breaking Bad world. This line basically says the actions in life affect the soul beyond the physical world and that the soul carries the heavy weight of bad karma while the body is only a vessel on the waters advancing through the physical world. What do you think of Brian H.'s poetic interpretation here? I like that analysis. 
Uh, honestly, I couldn't make much connection, but that seems uh, to be a pretty intelligent breakdown of it. He says, anyways, what a great episode. It's another Michelle McLaren visual juggernaut. Someone needs to hire this woman to direct a fully think full-length feature film. I agree. Her blocking is amazing. Her shot composition is impeccable. And by the way, for Game of Thrones fans out there, she's slated to direct episodes 7 and 8 of season 3. Hmm. So I can't wait to see what she does with that material. Yeah. Uh, Mara Ruth from New York City says, My friend and I are having a debate over how things will go down between Jesse and Walt. He thinks that Walt will team up with Hank and throw Jesse under the bus and that Jesse will team up with Declan to start cooking again. I think there's no way Walt will throw Jesse under the bus because he thinks of him as his son still and that Jesse is out of the cooking game for good. She wants to know our thoughts. Uh, well, my first question when we talk about this is, do you think Declan is out of the picture? We have some interesting feedback about that because I assume okay. that that's going to be a lot of how season eight goes down as a, a four- season eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> the next eight episode <laughs> gotcha. installment of season 5.2 or whatever. I blame Villigan for this confusion. Uh-huh. Not myself. Uh, so I, I, there's a compelling car- argument to make that all of this next season is going to be the fallout between Declan and Lydia and the DEA yeah. and Jesse. But there's also a compelling argument that says it's, that stuff is actually over and done with. So It's true. Um, I think I'm leaning towards Declan being a major role, uh, being a major player in the second half of the season, just because you can't, you don't have time to really introduce a check threat, you know? Although, uh, well, if we flash forward, maybe you do. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe it's gotten him in trouble. Well, I think of all that they did in this season. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if I'd have came up and said, okay, this half season of eight episodes is going to, Mike's going to die. Mm. They're going to rob a train. They're going to destroy evidence in a um, police station stronghold. They're going to murder a child. They're going to start a whole other meth cooking operation involving this Vomitos pest control outfit. Yeah. They're going to bust uh, Mike's law. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, way more than the usual, you know, 13 episode run of Breaking Bad. So what can they stuff in with this new accelerated format into season eight? That's true. Season 5.2. There's room for a lot. Uh, But to address the question of Walt and Jesse um, kind of. Walt rolling on Jesse. Uh, it, I think it might happen the other way. I think Jesse might roll on Walt yep. if he finds out about the shit that he's done. What's that seeming exceedingly not possible at this point? But it, I feel like it needs to happen. If if <laughs> if we're if Jesse's going to have any kind of closure in this series, he's got to know about that stuff, right? The thing is, is it's got uh, so Saul can drop a little bit on yeah. him, like basically he can give up Brock. Brock. But all mm-hmm. the shit that Walt has done to Jesse, Walt would have to give up himself. Yeah, and is that in his? I mean, he's already had two golden opportunities to do it, and he hasn't. Like the the, the time he was all doped up in the fly would be the perfect opportunity, and I kind of yeah. thought he was going to, but I don't know. I don't know. I I just. I feel like that needs to happen before the end of this thing. Okay. So I, I think Jesse might turn on Walt. Gotcha. All right. Moving on to Adam M. Uh, Todd showing up saying, Mr. White, yo, was a nice touch. Yeah. I like that too. I mm-hmm. forgot the, the fit he says, yo. I mean, that was a cleared kind of Jesse vibe. 
Uh, Lydia quoting Tuco was hilarious. We're going to make a lot of money together. That's exact quote from what Tuco said to him. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. I didn't get that when I first watched it. I, I didn't either, but now, yeah, I remember that. They got a, an extensive piece of feedback later on. We're going to get to the flash forward is going to be hard to pull off because now three months of time at least went by in this episode and they cannot mm-hmm. skip any time between seasons. Now, do you agree that there can be no skipping of time between Hank no. getting off the toilet? No. Wouldn't it be ballsy for him to be like three months later and <laughs> uh-huh. Hank's like at the tail end of his investigation? How do you – I mean I, I kind of agree with him. There's no way they can skip time between the seasons. Yeah. They need – what they could do is they could do another flash forward, right? They could open up with something that's not Hank related <laughs> uh, and then cut back to Hank. No, they have semi-charm kind of life montage <laughs> of the DEA agents uncovering all, uh, putting together all and talking to, you know, kicking in Lydia's door in Houston. That's uh, what's going to be. Exhuming Gail's corpse, <laughs> uh, retesting that. Sure, some grisly stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Finding barrels of goo. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, I don't... Yeah, they they have to pick up at Hank's uh, epiphany, right? If anything... They have to. If anything, I see it's taking right off from Hank still being on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you hear, you're going to hear the toilet flush and him come back out uh, and being yeah. full Hank on, you know, parade mode, being playing it real cool. Mm-hmm. And the next flash forward we get is, like, on the last episode or episode or two where we catch back up with Walter from the, you know, opening of Live Free or Die. Huh. Okay. That's what I think. I like it. Okay, Luke Rogers says, immediately after watching the episode, I thought to myself, wow, I wasn't really impressed. I expected a lot more intense scenes and death. But after thinking about it for a minute, I realized that would actually be a very good way to wrap things up. I'm just mad because things didn't happen that I thought I would. Which is Hmm. the number one criticism I have of all the critics that were talking about the disappointment of season, of episode eight. I felt like they all had in mind Uh, a preconceived notion of what had to happen and it didn't conform, so they got mm -hmm. pissy. A lot yeah. like Aaron in season five, episode one. <laughs> sure, I, you know, bitching and moaning about the flash forward and all that kind of stuff. So um, he continues. One thing that caught my attention though is that Walt began discussing the prisoners. He referenced Bin Laden's death. This show started in two thousand eight, and in a year and three or four months, would have made sometime in two thousand nine, which means that Bin Laden killing wouldn't happen for another two years. Uh, yeah. Fan Fabian also picked that up. I thought that he said. It would be as hard as killing Bin Laden. Like, that would work. Uh, if they said it that way, it would have worked even if it had been like – because it would. No, you know? I, I don't think they did. No, they he said, said it, it would have been harder than killing Bin Laden. Like They said it in a past tense yes. that they had already killed him. And Vince actually copped to the you know anachronism because he, he, he just kind of like played it off. Like, well, this show, I always intended to be set now. You know, there are some yeah, calendars and yeah. stuff that you see, and we can't avoid that. But, like, if you watch it 10 years from now, I want you to feel like it's happening now. But it won't with a Bin Laden reference. Like, well, I guess. Yeah, what about, like, 40 he, years from now? Oh, I think <laughs> That'd still, be a dated reference. I don't. Well, 40 years, but 10 years. Or, I, don't, I don't know. 10 years Killing Bin be. Laden's a big deal. Sure. I gotcha. But, I, I yeah, if, if that's the way he's going to play it, then he shouldn't mention anything. Yeah. Just so, keep it all in universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like referencing the. Giants Patriots Super Bowl. Although, <laughs> hell, that might work for another. I don't know. <laughs> They've been like two out of the last four. Uh, he also, going back to Luke's point, says, I think at the start of next season, we might see another flash forward for the cold opening, possibly, and then we'll jump back to Hank going back outside oh, in the bathroom. My prediction. Then he'll either sit back down, acting like nothing happened on the toilet, and he will reveal. <laughs> 
He just keeps going today. He's got <laughs> yeah. diarrhea. He, he keeps He's going back. He's just in there for like a day and a half. He's dusting fingerprints. Deciding what to do. Yeah, looking for ricin. Uh, he uh, will either sit back down and act like nothing happened, or he will reveal that he has just discovered at a later time, reveal what he just discovered at a later time, or he will arrest Walt right on the spot. The next seven episodes will be Walt using Todd's prison connection to smuggle in a pick and carve his way out of the cell. <laughs> His cell behind a poster. The probably most boring of Rita television Haywood. ever. I think Luke basically made four mutually contradicting predictions. <laughs> okay. So, nice try there, Luke, but you need to stick with one of them. That doesn't exactly sound like riveting television. Him ice-picking his way out of the it worked prison. For, it worked for the Shawshank Redemption. No, that's true. But that was for two hours, not eight. <laughs> oh, Walt. That was the longest night of Walt's life. <laughs> Uh, wow. All right. Stuck in a cell with a man on fire and two of the biggest bull queers of the ABQ lockup. <laughs> Moving on. Chris from Virginia. Some meta spoiler for you to chew on. You mentioned in 506 spoiler section, the 4chan reportedly, uh, the, the 4chan reporter Walt Choke Skyler out scene. And then in your 507 spoiler section, uh, you sort of discredit the 4chan stuff as something that maybe the Villigan team planted. This means that Jim might have been right in your 506 spoiler section when he joked that Kelly Dixon planted it. She seems like the one who keeps track of all the internet goings on. This is true. Kelly is like, mm-hmm. when, everyone's, when everyone says, like, oh, I never read the internet, she's like, I do. <laughs> you know, like, like uh-huh. uh, I remember when Anna Gunn was on, she's like, you know, I never read the fan. And Kelly's like, well, I do. And they say some shit about you. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. But he says, Poor Skyler. alternate theory, maybe they actually did film the Walt Choke Skyler out scene and sent it to their post-production company to flesh out where the leaks from last season were coming from. That would be a smart thing to do. I like that theory. And companies have been known to do that. I mean, they'll send out mm-hmm. DVDs with different watermarks sure. so that when they get pirated, they know where they came from. It's the classic canary trap that uh, uh-huh. Tyrion pulled on the Game of Thrones last season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Richard C. joined in and said, I'll brook no argument to this theory. You remember that fake Skylar spoiler? The Villigan actually shot that scene with a skeleton crew to weed out those who had loose lips on a ship. They will never be heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> They're in barrels right now. They are in barrels or in the desert as we speak. Mm-hmm. Angelica M. said, was it just me or when Gomi told Hank about the ten guys getting off in a prison? Uh, he was with those kindergarten kindergartners. It reminded me of 9-11 when the Secret Service was telling Bush about what happened. I think it's just you. Uh, we had two other <laughs> we had two other people that that mentioned that. All right, well, it's not so just you, but it wasn't me. Parallel. She also wanted to know: Could we hook her up with some great series that she should be watching? Well, Angelica, if you haven't started on Justified, you ought to because it's fucking awesome. Skip season one. You can <laughs> safely skip yeah. season one if you wanted to. I I think it's a strong season. Um, it's you know, not a strong it's an season. Even season, but it's not a strong stuff. season in relation to the uh, two, the three, and four. You know what? No, Before no. we do justify, I'm going to rewatch season one. I'm going to make a note of which ones are like the canonical. Good like, idea. Like the ones that involve Boyd and his relationship, and there's three or four, yeah. especially like the first two, and maybe the, I want to say this is the first two and last two. There's a little those, bit, bit of background in there. Yeah, you you watch those go right into season two. Which is awesome, except uh-huh. for maybe like two episodes, which are still pretty good. They're just kind of like, what? And then season yeah. three, which is also awesome. Yep. You should definitely catch up on that. Uh, you know, we're big fans of The Walking Dead. Season three looks amazing. In fact, I'm going to yeah. hazard, I'm going to postulate that you can just start on season three. 
<laughs> or, You'll miss a lot of bullshit. What if you just, what if you watch season one, the apocalypse version on fanedit.org, yes. mm-hmm. go and get the apocalypse version. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. link to that in the show notes. All right. You watch that, skip to season three. I think you could do that, right? Because season two was just, it had some good stuff, but it was mostly silly. Uh, I'm hoping there will be an apocalypse version of that as well. We should do an apocalypse version. <laughs> that is a when, when the big blu- dedication. I don't time. care when the Blu-rays come out. We should do that because it. I mean, I, <laughs> okay. I feel like you can knock that down in like a three-hour mega episode that would be awesome. Yeah, you just take Lori out. You take any time with Lori's, <laughs> Lori, Shane, and Rick, or them talking about themselves, or mm-hmm. looking for the Sophia. All that stuff needs to go. Yeah. Um, so there's that, uh, you know, if you haven't gone on Game of Thrones or Mad Men, the other ones that we really like are, uh, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, uh, I've heard good things about Homeland. I'm actually going to watch the season, um, this next week or two. You watched Downton Abbey. How'd you feel about that? Downton Abbey was fucking awesome. Uh, yep. There's a lot of people that talk shit about season two and I kind of see where they're coming from, but I ate that shit up. Downton Abbey's fan. This season one, especially is fantastic. Uh, I'd recommend the first, like, five seasons of Dexter. That's a a pretty good show. Uh, I hear it went off the rails, but I haven't seen six or seven or 12 or whatever they're on now. The Wire. I just started rewatching The Wire, and it's the first time I've rewatched it from the season. And I can't believe how much more I'm getting out of it this time around. Oh, really? Yeah, like people that, you know, I just didn't know or glossed over because I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything. Like, now that Uh I've seen the whole, it's like, oh, my God, this started back in, like, episode two, and... It's really good. Uh, what else? Mad Men. Obviously. We were talking about Mad Men, though, Did didn't you? we? No. Uh, Justif- or, uh, Archer. <laughs> if you want something uh, funny, Archer yeah. and Louie. Louie's Louis, uh, CK uh, show is really good. Anything else? I think that's a, that's a, that's a good, solid bunch of TV watching. Uh, the newsroom, but you can forward it. No, fast forward it any time that uh, Jeff Daniels and his ex-wife are on screen together. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Anytime that they're not actually doing the news, you could skip. Yeah. Uh, that show, I have a love-hate relationship because everything yeah. involving the news, I really like. Everything involving the actual characters, interpersonal relationships, I detest. <laughs> Same here. With a passion. Like the Lori Rick, uh, Shane triangle has nothing on the Abby, what's-his-face, what's-his-face, or Maggie, what's-his-face, what's-his-face love triangle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is now That's... a love, like, pentagon. <laughs> Oh Jesus! I haven't seen the last couple episodes. Oh my God! Yeah, so that that sucks. Um, we should be we should move on. All right. Uh, Daryl says, hey, uh, you mentioned a bunch of different callbacks to previous episodes. He says the other smaller callback uh, that he wants to talk about is the beetle that was shown in close up crawling around during the mm. get together with Hank and Marie at the end of the episode. Reminded me strongly of another beetle used in a show that may have been the exact same kind in the second season in an early episode. Began with Jesse playing with a beetle while he stood on the cor- street corner waiting for Skinny P. I think this is an episode called Peekaboo, which is the one where Jesse uh, finds that little redheaded kid with, in the den of the meth parents. Yeah. Uh, when Pete walked up, Jesse quickly dropped the beetle, almost like he was embarrassed, and Pete immediately crushed it without a moment's thought. In last night's episode, as soon as I saw the beetle crawling around near Walt's pool, I thought, uh-oh, someone's innocence is about to be com- compromised. This time, though, it wasn't real innocence, but rather Walt's perceived innocence in Hank's eyes. And this time, the Beatle survived the scene, which leads me to believe that Hank will p- play his new information pretty close to the vest. So do you think that that represents Walt's innocence or in the eyes of the court? And the fact that the Beatle survives means that maybe Walt will survive. 
Um, that's a good question. I don't know. The beetle is certainly a metaphor, but I honestly couldn't read much into it. Yeah? All yeah. Right. I, I, all I could think I'm, about I'm was you. that episode and the guy's head getting squashed by the ATM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like Chekhov squashing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, JJ from Chattanooga says, in gliding over all, we see Walter get everything he's always wanted. By taking Walt to the stack of money, Skylar acknowledges that he's the most powerful moneymaker. By opening up the Walt, Hank admits that he's been beaten by a greater man. By paying Jesse to $5 million, Walt is able to set things right with his most important friend. By quitting the meth business, Walt gets his family back. Walt has it all. He may have won many viewers back to his side, which is a true story compared uh, to a lot of the feedback we got. This is what Villigan does so well. He makes everything come together perfectly, then lets one small event ruin it all. Hank takes a shit. <laughs> that's not a small event. Come on. <laughs> that's that's a labor. Yeah. Uh, we see Hank moving from knowing what Walter is, that Walter is Heisenberg, to proving Walt is Heisenberg, and then struggling with what to do to that knowledge. We'll see Declan responding to the loss of his meth supply and possibly coming after Walt's stack of money. We'll likely see the statement that Jesse is one of the two best meth cooks pulling him back in against his will. It's going to be great. All good predictions. Any comments in particular? Uh, no. I, I, although I do like the idea that uh, that statement is going to linger around. I think it's something I proposed when we talked about that episode uh, of him calling him the second best cook. Right. The two best cooks, whatever. Also, that's a big pile of cash, and you can buy your way out of a lot of shit with that much cash. That's true. 70, what do we well, calculate, see, like 70, 80 million bucks? Uh, there's a lot of advanced analysis that took place where mm-hmm. they actually counted the individual bands and did some statistical distribution oh, and all that kind of stuff. And, and the consensus on those is like a tw- mid-20 to mid-30 range. Uh, my analysis came out to like 70 to 90 million, and Vince mm-hmm. Gilligan said that their estimates put it at 80. Yeah. So I'm going to say, fuck y'all, I got that one right. <laughs> uh but even if it's just 30, if it's 80, like, that can buy a lot of disappearing. But if Very it's, true. If it's, even if it's just 30, I mean, can you – I'm going to wait for – I'm going to wait there because there's a good listener take on that, and I'm about to step on their toes. So. Okay. Uh, Geoff from Virginia says, who will be the lucky winner of the rice and merry-go-round after seeing it go unused in season four? And really, since season two. Oh, yeah. And again with Lydia, do either think? Uh, do either of you think that Walt will be the one to use the ricin on himself? There is the theory that that pill he popped in the flash forward is actually the ricin. But why would he do that before he was... Is, how long does it take ricin to work? Oh, uh, like a week. Oh, right? does it? Yeah. Oh. So maybe he knows that he's going to be arrested when he goes and does whatever he's about to do. Interesting. And they would confiscate that. I assume so. Or he would yeah. be so, and maybe he'd be incapacitated and he wouldn't be able to take it. So he just want to make sure. Or he just doesn't want to live his life in jail. Like Really? So- he, he just refuses to go to jail. Oh, all right. I don't know. That's a theory that's floating around out there. Um, I, I like it because they made a show of him taking a pill. Oh, sure. That we don't. We don't know why he would be taking pills unless it's either cancer and he's or impli- the rice. And we're, we're kind of left to imply that it is cancer, but that uh-huh. would be just like Villigan to kind of rope-a-dope us on exactly. that Exactly. All right. I like that. I like that. Uh, he goes on to say, let's face it, it seems as the cancer is coming back with the possibility that Hank could finally catch his man. I think it might be likely that Walt will ultimately go out on his terms and not by the hand of someone else. Oh. Nancy H. from Kinnebunkport, uh, which is the goofiest sounding location <laughs> on the planet. Yep. Uh, the music quietly playing in the background of the final pool party 
scene is titled Up with the Jun- or Up the Junction by 80s band Squeeze, which is a British London slang for being fucked. <laughs> which Walt now is, thanks to Hank needing some better reading material than the Family Circle or Parenting Magazines, which he first picks up from the top of the toilet library. I like that. Uh, it's Up the Junction? Yeah. Huh. You up the junction, governor. A very evocative statement. You're proper fucked. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> I don't know. Some sort of cockney, I don't know. I would have never picked up that detail, so thank you, Nancy. Yeah. From Kenny Bunkport. Uh, which is also slang for being <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you got a touch of the Kenny Bunk plot, I see. Uh, Alex from Brooklyn says, uh, I love where the episode got the show, but I don't love how it got there. His problem. Villigan spoke in one of the Insider podcasts about how coincidence is fair game for making life harder for your protagonists, but it should never help them. This works here if you consider Walt as your protagonist, but at this point I'm rooting for Hank. Therefore, for me, Hank picking up the random Whitman book as a means to jumpstarting his Walter investigation was too much of a leap for coincidental help. I would have preferred mm-hmm. Hank notice something amiss uh, that he spoke to, his refi- uh, that spoke to his refined investigative skills, not an obvious piece of evidence that any detective with half a brain slash Gomi level should have made a connection to. Yeah, I mean... But that's if I can you buy. See it if you switch protagonists, right? Um, which I think most of us have. Honestly, I don't know that I'm actually rooting for Walt to get caught by Hank. Uh huh. But I don't want Walt to be on top forever. Certainly, agreed. But I also think that even if you switch loyalties, like okay, if protagonist in in the film term is still Walt. He's the more or less the hero of the story, even if he isn't the hero in our own He's hearts an anti-hero, and minds. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think when, if you're using Gilligan's own words against him, you have to take it that the fact that Walt is his still, his still protagonist. And I'm sure, actually yeah. surprised to see Vince really still espousing a lot of sympathy for Walter in the latest podcast, insider yeah. podcast. He was, he's can... really got a soft spot for that guy, man. <laughs> I guess so. It's because Brian Cranston is such a nice guy. It's hard maybe. to hate his characters. Plus, I think, I don't know, maybe there's a, a, a not just a little bit of uh, Vince's own dark side in uh, Walter White. Oh, so. I would guess there would have to be, right? Right. Uh, he says, prediction, how Walt finds out Hank knows. Despite his better judgment, Hank will share with Marie his suspicions about Walt. Mm. Marie, never thinking for a second that Skylar would be in on it, will tell her and want to t- uh, take her to safety. Skylar, despite her better judgment, will tell Walt. Walt will find an excuse to finally slip Hank the longest Chekhov's gun in history, Ryson. <laughs> uh, Walt are- killing Hank would be a tough pill to swallow, no pun intended. I know. I mean, that would be certainly for everyone. That would be the final straw, right? I yeah. You can't be on Walt's side if he kills his own brother-in-law yeah. just to save his hide. I I think that I that feels right to me. I mean, I don't know what other listeners would say, but that would definitely be. That's one of the things I can't. I think I came away with when we had this discussion last season is like if he ever killed any of his own immediate family, including yeah. I conclude Hank and Marie. Sure. That would be a pretty big line to cross. Yeah, so. I think that would definitely make him uh, <laughs> make him lose all of his current fans. Yep. Uh, so Tyler from Michigan says, "I swear to God, if the series ends with Walt waking up next to the barrel he passed out to in episode one, I will flip every table within a twenty mile radius." <laughs> Okay. Yeah, wouldn't that be the awesomest troll though? If Villigan does that, he does like a Jr. Like it was just all a dream. No. Uh, well, yes, it would be an awesome troll, but 
God, that would be horrible. Would it change how you feel about the show? Certainly, yeah. I would think it was a terrible ending. Really? Maybe the worst ending in history because it was such a good show. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're (laughs) right about that. Okay, I, so we're with you. We we will we will take that f- table flipping party <laughs> global. We'll have a we've table got, flipping. We've got party. fans from Norway and Ireland and fucking Australia and the UK and France and all of America. We will flip tables within a twenty mile radius of us all, and all the tables will be flipped. <laughs> yep, I'm with I'm I'm with you there, Tyler. Uh, Anthony Del Grosso, yeah, uh, or. In its, in its English meaning, Anthony of the Grosso. I think that Hank will kill himself. Judging by the motive, movie that Hank Mike was watching about a cop killing himself and the gesture he made while leaving his office while Walt was getting rid of the bugs, a gun to his head. To me, I think he'll, he'll see how close he is to the case and avoid losing his job and ruining his family. And he will do that by taking his own life. Either that or Walt finds out that Hank knows and makes a mock suicide. Yeah, There's a lot of, lot of uh, hedging by our listeners. You can't say, I predict this or the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, that's Jim a good tries point. to do that. I don't let I him. Do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but there, there's a good point in there. A lot of people are wondering, okay, now how does Hank arrest Walt? That may not be the question. The question may be, does Hank arrest Walt? Agreed. And he's got to, uh, Hank just can't bust out the door like, you're under arrest. Uh, certainly. He's got he no nothing, uh-huh. nothing on Walt. Yeah. Uh, he, but, but, you know, but he could take that and build on certainly, it. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Now that he knows where to look, but so, but I mean, he right now has nothing that he can go and get, get action on. And even though he's but got a ton of clout at uh-huh. work, um, you know, can you imagine after like Mike dies and all this, if he goes back to his appearance, like, I actually think my brother-in-law is the head uh-huh. kingpin. I want to spend even more money on it. And this is why I thought at the time, even, that it was such a brilliant move for Mercurt to get in trouble for this, for Gus Fring being right under his nose. Right. Because that puts a lot more pressure on Hank not to turn Walt in. Right. Even though he knows. Wow. So I think the, the real question coming back to season 5.2 is is Hank even going to do anything about this? Good. Very good question. Very good question. Yeah. So thanks to Del Grosso. Del Grosso. Uh, for that one. Grosso. Mike S. from Illinois said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Hank in Marie's house had a painting in the background of three men on a horseback to go along with the three Stooges slash three <laughs> amigos storyline. Good catch. Yeah. Uh, Rich says, going in, I had a feeling this episode would end with a close-up of Hank simply saying, Walt or shit. <laughs> well. The silent look on Hank's face spoke volumes. I like the juxtaposition of Walt's apex and Hank's low point. Yeah. He also said, what's up with Hank's limp? Is it psychosomatic? No. I, he just got over a grueling, intense physical therapy. I, th- I think why he says that is because it's more severe in some scenes, and it appears to be totally gone in others. And Really? I haven't seen a single yeah. scene where it's completely gone. No, we had some, some comments about hmm. that All in right. previous emails. He wonders if episode 9 will pick up right where episode 8 left off. That's certainly our leading speculation right mm-hmm. now. Uh, the series opened with Walt holding a gun for what he thought was an impending shootout. He even puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger, but the safety was on before realizing it was unnecessary. I expect the callback to that in the finale. Well, there's a an image floating around out there on Reddit, I think. Uh-oh. Um, Is this a spoiler? The, no, no, no. It, it's it's historical from the show. Oh, okay. Every single person who has pointed a gun at Walt has been killed yes. by Walt. Yes. Um, so... 
Ooh. going with that, Walt pointed a gun at himself. Right. The logical conclusion. What's going to happen there? There's two people that has pointed a gun at Walt's head that hasn't been killed yet. That's Jesse and Walt himself. Yeah. So I like that. I never, I've never heard that uh, taken to that extreme. Um, okay. Moving on to Tom from West Virginia. If you have time, please go back to spoiler source and let us know if they commented on their failure. No, we have not, and I don't know whether they've done the Mia Culpa. Um, Since it came from the TV section of Reddit or uh, 4chan, which is is like anonymous (laughs) anonymous, I doubt it. Uh, Also, there was one Bald Move poster, uh, Facebook poster, that predicted that spoiler was not real, and it was me. So, Tom... (laughs) In your Volkswagen from West Virginia, you got the uh, you got the gold star for the spoilers uh, sniffer outer. Yep, uh, I'm going to vet all spoilers through you in the future. All right, that's not really a promise. It's binding. Uh, Michael, he says, gliding over all starts with Walt shutting the door on Jesse, his work spouse, which harkens back to the door closing on Kay as the last scene in The Godfather. I've seen the prison murder scene described as a being out of Goodfellas, but in that famous sequence, you don't actually see the murders. No, the prison murders were right out in the, of the baptism scene in The Godfather, mainly because mm-hmm. the murders were also interspersed with shots of the man who ordered them in the first place, Walt slash Michael. Also, Kenny being stuck on the wrong side of the door and watching the other people kill him echoes the mob boss who gets shot while trapped in a revolving door in the baptism scene. Hmm. I like that. Finally, while gliding over all ends with a happy outdoor meal, The Godfather starts with one. He basically says Breaking Bad is Godfather in reverse. Who gets set on fire in The Godfather? I don't know. Somebody does. Then somebody gets caught on fire. I don't know. Maybe. I can't uh, remember. Anyway. Uh, James H. says, I believe Walt is going to be taken into custody and immediately becomes a target of Todd and his neo-Nazi brigade. Todd's prison connections are an excellent position to take Walt out before we can start naming names. Walt knows this, and I believe he's going to try to cut a deal. Witness protection for himself and his family in exchange for Walt's associates. Hank, with his new promotion, is in a position where he will be able to make this happen. Eventually, someone is going what? to... F- what do you mean, what? Walt's associates. Yeah. He's like the only guy left except for Lydia. No, he knows Lydia. He knows Declan. He knows Todd. He knows all the Vamos Pest Control guys. Uh, they he knows don't give all... a shit about some burglars. He knows the guys that orchestrated the 10-person prison murder. He's got some pretty big names in his back pocket. I guess, but bigger than Heisenberg? I don't know. It depends on how Hank views it. But Hank is in a position because it seems like, I don't know yeah, if this is true. factual or not, but mm-hmm. he seems like he was like calling the shots about who got the deals or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I know that's, that not, that's not probably correct from a legal real-life standpoint, but that's the way the show is portraying it, I thought. Yeah. So Hank with his new position is in, a, in, is, is in a spot where he can make this happen. Eventually, someone is going to find out where Walt and his family are hiding, New Hampshire. And a flash forward we saw in the beginning of the season is Walt back to New Mexico attempting to do what he intended to do all along, protect his family. In doing this, Walter's character will come full circle through his fall in the supervillain and ultimate redemption into the man who he tried to be all along but never quite made it, someone who's doing what he does for the security of his family. That's an incredibly specific yeah. pred- prediction, and I like it a lot. All right. Uh, that's all? You're not going to give me anything more than that? Just going to give me an all right? I don't think he's got the pawns to, to sacrifice. You don't think he's got the minerals? Uh, I don't think he's got the minerals. <laughs> all right. Michael G.S. says, Hank will now try to prove Walt is Heisenberg, but how does he prove a string of coincidences throughout the past 4.5 seasons? That are all related. He loves the final scene, mm-hmm. but if you're over at someone's house as a guest, don't you normally drop a number two in the master bathroom 
or goes, do you nor- you, you don't normally drop it to number two in the master sure, bathroom, sure. or does whites not have a half bath? Uh, okay, so so let's talk about the etiquette of this. Sure, because we had some. I, I saw some feedback somewhere. So if I was at a party, yeah. now, now get so, so let's say I was at a party at my sister's house, mm-hmm. and there was other guests involved. I would always drop a number two in the master ba- bathroom because I feel entitled as her brother to go take a shit in her bathroom. Oh. And also, I don't want to funk up the common bathroom for the other party guests. Yeah, see, I didn't think of the entitlement. I thought of, yeah, you don't want to mess I, up a perfectly good bathroom that people are using. No, I don't want to wreck their downstairs bathroom yeah. if I can go use the master. Now, in this situation where it's all family... <laughs> that's kind of it is kind of weird but it seemed like from the layout of the house that that's a closer bathroom and again as brother-in-law i think you have at least in this part of the united states carte blanche to use your brother or sister's bathroom sure i'll give them the benefit of the doubt didn't have a problem with that a lot of people had a big problem with the, the bathroom etiquette maybe it's different in different parts of the country maybe so anyway uh dan from san fran says i want to share my prediction with you hank will be torn between doing the right thing and covering up since, one, Walt is family, and two, the yeah. Whites paid for his rehab. I think Walt will fake his own death and go into hiding, leaving Skylar and her kids to continue their lives without him. Hmm. I could see that. Uh, uh, I forgot to mention on that last email, uh, Hank could clear it up, or I'm sorry, Walt could clear it all up just by saying he found the book in a yard sale. No, that's not true. Are you being serious? No. Okay, good. Because I'm like, fuck you. There's no way that you could come clean and do that. No. Um, All right. Whoa, where was I? Um, Chris Ill. I like the theory that Walt Whitman book is not from Gale. This is a nice segue. That's a theory? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week. This is the fully fleshed out theory. I like the theory that the Walt Whitman book is not from Gale, but from Gretchen, whose maiden name is Black. Uh, he says, I don't do this personal research, but this is a lot of people on the internet saying it. And that the na- the, 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 where the name but Gray the Matter comes from. Wait, wait, wait. Where the name Gray oh. Matter comes from was a combo of the names Black and White. It would also be smarter the writers had the main thing to bring Walt down be something so innocent. I also It also would fit the, the reason why Galt, Walt knew that the poem was. God damn, I can't. I've had way too much to drink tonight. <laughs> three rail splitters and a three fingers of Johnny Walker Black is apparently the Aaron limit for successfully <laughs> reading feedback. I also, Jesus, I can't do it. It also would fit that the, that would be a reason why Walt knew the poem in the scene with Hank if he had read Whitman with Gretchen. I th- actually think this email is got is is not written correctly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this, um, why it's wrong. All right. Well, no, okay. So I like what they've pulled out of there. I mean, gray matter we know a little bit about. I mean, and the idea that it's black and white mixed together. Okay. I like that. It's kind of interesting. Okay. Uh, but what about the handwriting? The handwriting is, is an exact match for Gales, isn't it? Yes. How it's would that pretty much be... an exact match. Yeah. How could you explain that for uh, the Gretchen theory? Uh, I don't think you can. And also, Gretchen's last name is maiden name's not Black. That's never been mentioned in any uh, Breaking Bad episode. Her married yeah. name is Schwartz, mm-hmm. which is Elliot's maiden name, which is German for Black. Which would which would oh, <laughs> which would match the gray matter theme. In fact, I some people say that Walt yeah. actually explicitly said that in one of the episodes. I don't know about that. I don't remember that, but that would definitely be true. Yeah, or it could be true. Um, so 
Just the hand, the handwriting alone breaks that theory for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, her name's not Black, and that is Gail's handwriting. If you look at Gail's journal and you yeah. compare that with the inscription, it's an exact match. Now, a lot of people said, when did, when did Walt get that book from Gail? Uh, we didn't see him actually change hands, but mm-hmm. in Season 3, Episode 6, Sunset... Gail quotes the learned astronomer, and Walt says, I need to check in, you know, read more uh, Whitman. And then that later, that scene, he has this book. And the inference is that mm-hmm. Gail gave it to him. Yeah. So, as a gift. Um, Sully from... Plus, it's like, would your girlfriend really say it's an honor to work for with, with you? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, just the way it was written, it seems a very bromance thing. Uh, Sully from Boston. Uh, of course he's from Boston. It's, Why? Because it's, it's Sully. There's, you've never had a Sully come from like Indianapolis <laughs> or Nebraska. You wouldn't get a Murph from Nebraska or Seattle. They're going to all come from all Sully's and Murph's come from Boston. All right. And this one says, I predict Hank does not immediately confront Walt, but first back checks the 10 or so instances when Hank's involvement with Hank, Wait, with Walt's involvement with Hank now supports that Walt is Heisenberg hypothesis. In doing so, Hank will learn from Marie that Walt's drug money paid for his rehab. Then Hank's logical play is to use Walt as an informant and nail Declan, Todd, Lydia, and the skinhead prison murderers, in the which is the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, <laughs> in the penultimate episode, the audience will finally turn on Walter White as he frames Jesse just as the family leaves town in witness protection. I think 90% of the audience has turned on Walter White, and about 10% has come back in this last episode. What do you think of the rest of the stuff? I'm I'm still on board with Walt is the guy that Hank wants to get. I mean, all series we've seen Hank lusting after Heisenberg. But we've... Okay. He doesn't over want under, to get everybody else. Over under how many episodes before he drops this? Oh, it's got to be a few. Like, I'm going to say over and under is, like, 4.5. Ooh. Um, wow. That's tough. I'm going to say over just barely. Oh, wow. So you're saying episode five until Hank confronts Walt with this. He's got to build a case. He's got to build a an ironclad case. He needs a this... montage, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could do it in, in episode one with a montage. Right. Uh, Play some semi-charmed life over it. That's the one I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, Rich F. opines that Hank will maul his suspicions of Walt over, realizing that all he has is an inscription in a book under the guise of having Walt over to help him bottle a batch of Schraderbrow. Hank confronts Walt with his suspicions. Walt manages to bumble through an alibi that seems to appease Hank. Um, as he's walking away in feigned outrage, Walt's hubris gets the better of him and his inner Heisenberg comes out. He doubles back and confesses everything to Hank, including the fact that a drug money supported him in his rehab. Mm. You're missing. Walt has to be fucking drunk for him to do that. Yeah. yeah. He needs a lot of wine. Yeah. He needs a lot of, of red wine. Like one of the Skylar glasses full. <laughs> yeah. Just one. <laughs> he can't handle what Skylar drinks. <laughs> well, she's been working all season. On you the, can't the handle lift. the brew. That's you can't handle the booze. Uh, Walt tells Hank that if he's arrested, he'll swear that Hank was his inside man at the DEA. Oh, wouldn't that be hilarious? If we've wow. been sus- we've been speculating on the mole for like two, three seasons now, and it turns out it's Hank, but it's fake. Wow. And, and the, the records of him paying for his treatment 
Uh, yeah, and Hank's brutal. obsession with the blue meth could easily be interpreted as misleading the investigation to protect the operation. Possibly. Because every th- single thing the DEA has done or elimination has served to help Walt be that much stronger. Yeah, and he's always gone after, quote-unquote, the wrong guy. Yep. Right? I mean, he's caught guys, but it's never been Heisenberg. Yep. Uh, uh, moving on, uh, Sabina who signs XOXO, Hugs and Kisses, for you and me, Jim, says, uh, I have a question. Do you two have access to Wikipedia? Koyanis, Katsi, Peckinpah, and countless other topics are covered here. It's quite the miracle site for people (laughs) with questions, pop culture otherwise. You should look into it. Okay, Hugs and Kisses, Sabrina, (laughs) smartass. Fuck you. Uh, (laughs) Hey, that's harsh. Well, if she's going to hug and kiss, I'm going to take it to the next level. Uh, (laughs) But the problem is, is we... Strictly divide the feedback. Like, one of us does it, and the other person doesn't read it for that week. Yeah. Um, so, when... And that's part of the charm, is that when Jim tells me stuff, and I feign, like, outrage or indignation or impression, that's, like, my genuine first thoughts on hearing it. Yeah. So, you know, I guess maybe she's really blaming you for not looking at Peck and Paw, because I had no idea. I just had Peck and Paw dropped in my lap. That's true. You should have looked at that's it. You should, you should check in this Wikipedia thing, Jim. The, the trouble is, how am I going to go back and... And review a guy's entire catalog. Yes. No, it's tough. In the two days between. It's tough when someone drops that because then you're in the middle of processing all this email and formatting Mm -hmm. it. And it's like, okay, I need to make a note to look this up. Or you just stop everything and look it up then. Yeah. And with a subject as broad as a guy's career. Right. And the overarching themes involved in that. Right. There's a lot to research, and I just don't have the time. And you've got a deadline. I mean, usually yeah. we start this later. You know, we leave about three hours to process feedback, and we start it pretty late because we don't want to have to cut people off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you start doing these diversions, pretty soon you're going to have to, like, skip feedback and all that kind of stuff. Sounds like so. we're making excuses, Aaron. We are making tons of excuses. <laughs> uh, it was necessary. It was the only way. The blatant truth is I just don't have boy. time. <laughs> I None just don't do. have time. Uh, she also continues in a less bitchy way. Uh, when Holly was, uh, <laughs> was being set down at her playpen, there was Harsh. a there was a blood red bank. Oh God, there was a blood red blanket underneath her. I think this marks her for death. She's in trouble. Mm. I feel like I mean your 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 speculation is everyone dies. Have you <laughs> yeah. have you backed off that any? Uh, I can't. I already made the prediction. Well, do you want to? Do you feel like events are not supporting that anymore? I don't think that Marie's going to die anymore. I mean, like, really? Why would Marie die? Because it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> she's a kleptomaniac. She's not a murderer. She doesn't deserve death for that. See, you know how many spoons this woman <laughs> stolen, Jim? She's got the entire 50 states. She's got the entire 50 states. That, I mean, if that does not mark you for death, I don't know what no, does. I, I can't see that Marie would die, but I've already made the prediction, so I'm not backing off of it. This is more hope than prediction, but I hope Walt comes back to his senses. This is against Sabina of the hugs and kisses uh, and gives Kaylee the 5 million Mike would have left her. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. If he like duff is like you know, it's one of the final scenes is a duffel you know, her getting his duffel bag full of drug. Oh, money. wouldn't it be worse if it's her in the duffel bag? <laughs> <laughs> uh so anyway, I was a little rough on Sabina. It's all in uh, fun. And I guess this is a nice digression. We've been kinda hard on David Chin 
this whole season. Oh yeah, let's talk. Like about I this. talked about how it's my life's mission to take down the evil David Chin Empire. <laughs> I hope everyone knows that I was kind of joking with that, and the the other stuff we said yeah. about us being kind of envious of certain aspects of his podcast. Was we told right him on. to suck it, and like we obviously don't mean that. Yeah, but I guess a couple of our fans have taken it to leaving vicious reviews on his iTunes page, uh, and and saying that our site is better. I mean, I'm flattered, but. I would prefer you not trash a guy. I mean, I, I I think leaving negative reviews, especially if you're leaving a one star review for David Chin's podcast, I think it's a crime because he's two stars at worst. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole! Uh, but no, no, I mean, but no, it really like, doesn't do us any favors, right? Like, no. Th- it, I don't think people are going to judge his podcast based on a couple of reviews that he gets that are negative. Right. Uh, especially ones mentioning another podcast. Right. I mean, and, and there's some Walking Dead guys that did it to us last exactly. season. There was, a, there was a Game of Thrones guys that did it, to, that actually incited their people to, to do it to us. Yeah, and it sucks when it happens. Yeah, it's like, you know, we get robbed a half star or a star, and it doesn't really, you know, make our podcast better or worse, but, you know, you've got a bunch of people leaving you zero of 14 people found this uh, review helpful yeah. type stuff. So it's like, mm. you know, I please don't do it and think that that's something that we think is cool. Um, you know, yeah. uh, that said, Dave Chin's Twitter response saying that we are assholes for calling people. Is, is that, that's, yeah, I just think that proves a point about Dave and Chin being a total fucking asshole. Get out of here. And deserving. Get out of here. Retroactively, he deserves everything he got, right? That's that's what basically point blank period we're, we're talking about, this, right? This is the one time where I'm not going to joke around about it. I'm going to say I actually enjoy David Chin's shows, both his Justified and his Breaking Bad podcasts. Uh, so I don't wish any hate on David Chin. He still better stay in his territory. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he's only, he's only 60% pure anyway. It's, it's, it's totally not. Yeah. It's, it's totally not cool to like even one star reviews and say bald move is better. Yeah. So even if it's true, it's not cool. Yeah. (laughs) Enough said. Uh, Susan Webster from Phoenix, Arizona said, we don't know when smash paper dispenser happened. Do you really think it's still unrepaired from six to nine months ago? Isn't it possible that he smashed it again? I guess it's possible, but... Smashed what? This paper towel dispenser. Oh, oh. <laughs> he smashed... Every week, he goes in there and smashes yeah. that dispenser. I I honestly think that it's entirely possible that it's left unrepaired. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not... If it's functional, and I don't think it, like, impairs its ability to dispense paper towels, I mean, mm. are you going to spend 150 bucks to replace it? No. Nah. So... I think it's still smashed. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you could probably easily go back and compare the two to see if they didn't match. But even if they didn't, that could be explained by a production detail. Yeah. I uh, said one last thing. I'm amazed you guys don't know who Sam Peckinpah is. Oh, He's boy. an iconic director and really created his own genre of films per genre of films. Per Wikipedia, he was known for his innovative and explicit depiction of action and violence. I thought I might have seen one or two because I've se- I, I have seen a, quite a few westerns, but I went and looked up and I hadn't seen a single one. And yeah. I'm going to make it my mission for the off season to watch at least one now. So I guess the Nattercast were going on and on about us uh, not knowing our shit with the peck and paw stuff. Too, oh so. boy! Hey man! Oh boy! Hey! Well, it happens. Why do we need to when we've got listeners to do it That's for us? That's right. That email proves it. Moving on to Superfan D. Candlish, uh, she says, I'm not entirely convinced that Walt will have any comeback for getting out from Lydia, Declan, or anyone else. There seemed to be a bit of time passing there as well, and I took that to mean that he was letting everyone know that he was out, and him giving the money to Jesse was a show's way of letting us know that everything was final. 
I wouldn't be surprised if there's nothing much more said about it. The only reason Lydia seemed to want to continue the business was because she was no use alive if he didn't. I would imagine she'd be grateful for the opportunity to get out without injury or going to prison. As for Declan, he originally wanted the blue meth gone, and the compromise was Walt's cooking for him. His gang was the, had the option of either the blue meth being gone so they can now dominate with their own product or having Todd continue to cook for them. As for the cartel, I'm pretty sure they were effectively crippled when Gus killed all their capos. So let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Walt comes up to Declan and says, I'll give you the remaining, I'll give you the remaining uh, methylamine and half of the money that I've earned so far, and I want out. Who says no? Uh, nobody. He, Declan certainly doesn't because all he wanted in the first place was methylamine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he can make up that extra 30% difference in purity in cash, mm-hmm. I'm sure Declan would take it. Especially money now versus money later. Oh, yeah. It's guaranteed money. Yeah. I mean, he got, he basically went from buying out the operation and mothballing it for $10 million mm-hmm. to potentially getting 15 to $45 million and the remaining methylamine and getting bought out. That seems like a pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. Does Lydia say no? And if she does, what the hell is she going to do about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, the only reason she still is in this game is because if she's not, she's dead. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, she doesn't say anything about it. She's fine with it. The only problem I have with this analysis, D, is that I think Villigan owes it to us to show... I mean, he, we, we can't make these kind of assumptions. I think you sure. might be right, but he can't just ignore... Just, just waltz out starting in Season 5.2 and is all about the DEA yeah. without us without uh, addressing how Walt got out. I will call bullshit on that if he does that. Uh, they didn't address how Walt got out? I mean, I think, no. the, I think the thing with Mike really affected him... Because Mike is no, the only guy he's killed why. who didn't want him no, dead, dude, right? I understand why he got out. I want to know how he got out. Because I want to see him go to Declan and give him the offer you can't refuse deal. Oh, okay. If he doesn't, like, this gotcha. is like D's speculation, which is all fine and good. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like the whole goddamn Lily of the Valley thing. You, He's really taking a little bit too many shortcuts with this, I think. Hmm. Okay. Um, moving on, she says... I don't have an issue with Skylar appearing happy at the end. I suspect one of two things. Either she's just happy to be out of danger and willing to sit back and wait out Walt, knowing she, he eventually will die, and he has more than enough money to take care of her family, or she knows the cancer's back and will die soon. So she doesn't have to put up with him for much longer. Mm. That seems okay. I'll buy that. Yeah, I don't know about the cancer thing. but You don't think she knows about it? I mean, um, if A, Walt, I don't know if it is back. B, we don't. I don't know I think why is, he would though. tell Skylar at this point that it's back. What? what? If she I, wants him dead, he's certainly not going to give her information that's going to make her happy. And that's a discussion we as the audience are entitled to see. That can't sure. be like in, in the off season. I mean, we need to see that, I think. Yeah. It's like if they come back and Walt's just dead. Uh, <laughs> like, not going to work. Finally, ha- she says, having rewatched this entire series very recently, I was again struck by how much emphasis there is around Walter Jr. and Cars. My official prediction is therefore this. Hank won't be able to just walk out of the bathroom and arrest Walt, obviously. It's going to take Mm -hmm. him some time to put the case and the evidence together. Um, This will give Walt time to somehow realize that Hank is onto him, and he'll be forced to go into hiding via the disappearer, as Saul put it. However, Walt Jr. will be in a car accident and gravely injured, forcing Walt to come out of hiding to see him. Hijinks ensue. With a machine gun? Well, I mean... (laughs) I don't, I don't know how machine guns going to help him get to the hospital to see his kid. Yeah, 
I don't know, man. He brought a bomb to a hospital. <laughs> That's true. Maybe he will bring a... Uh... He brought a bomb to a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of the all-time funniest moments. It's so good. Because Walt goes on his little speech, and then Jesse yeah. just like has like a long beat. Yep. Wait wait a second. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Dylan S. sent us a text, uh, or a, a, a screenshot from, again, 4chan... Oh, which has a whole bunch of different things. It says, have you noticed that Walt keeps a memento offering of food characteristics from the deaths he feels responsible for? And mm-hmm. it has a screenshot of him cutting off the crust of his sandwiches a la Crazy 8. He keeps an eyeball from the bear of the plane crash. He keeps the leaves of grass from Gale. He affects the demeanor of Gus. He takes drinks on the rocks a la Mike, which we missed. We missed that, that, that little detail. Wow! When Did he, that change at some point? Well, during the series? I mean, that's what that was Mike's preference, and when he came over it, to Hank's place, yeah. he said, "Yeah, uh, he wants it on the rocks." That would be strong if he actually ordered a drink neat. Yeah, before um, in the season five opener, he takes on the maiden name of Skyler and arranges his birthday bacon just the way she did. Uh-huh. So does that imply that he, he killed he, her? No, no. That Skyler dies and he feels responsible. It doesn't doesn't mean that he mm. killed her, but yeah. maybe he feels responsible for it. Possibly. That would make that foreshadowing scene uh, take a whole other level, I think. Yeah. So thanks for that, Dylan. Or Dylan. Um, Alan G says, uh, Hello, I was listening to your Gliding Over All podcast, and during the recap you mentioned that uh, Jesse seemed relieved to see all the money from Walt. But I did not get that sense when Jesse sat down in the house. I don't think Jesse really ever wanted the money, as evidenced by his actions before when he had a lot of money and essentially just gave it away or did not care when it was stolen. I think Jesse just prefers having enough to get by, and his attitude in part comes from his relationship with his family, who appears very well off, and his desire to distance himself from their wealth. What do you think about that? Uh, Sure. I can get behind that. Is that a good analysis of his, you know, do you think that Walt scored some hits with that? You don't want this blood money. Yeah. I and think after he, did. he had not had it for a long time, when he shows up and give it to him, it's like, you know, he's relieved that Walt didn't try to kill him, but also a little guilt for taking the money. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, moving on to Natalie E says, you guys mentioned in your most recent podcast for 508 that you thought the meaning behind Walt punching the shit out of the paper top Spencer in 209 is because he is happy to find out he had, he was in remission. What? She's going to take issue with that. No, I take issue with that. <laughs> okay, why did he punch the shit out of the pal, the pal dispenser he, in 209? He was pissed that he was in remission. What? Yeah. He was not happy about that at all. He was pissed off that his cancer was in remission. Yes. Let me read her your take and see if you agree with this. All right. At that point in the show, Walt had just got back from a four-day cooking binge when he produced enough meth to meet Walt's ideal quota. He was coughing up blood and thought the cancer had grown and estimated uh, just a few weeks left before he was dead. He was drained from having to hide everything from his family, potentially putting himself, Jesse, his family in danger. And this is where I think the real transformation started to take place. When he heard the quote-unquote good news of his cancer being in remission, he was pissed off feeling that he had just wasted so much time and energy to prepare everything for his death. Punching the dispenser was just an expulsion of anger and regret, not adrenaline from realizing he just kicked his cancer's ass. Yeah. Do you agree with that take? I, I completely agree with that. I don't know what impression I gave last episode, well, but I it was gave, not the impression that I've had I gave all series. the impression that's my true feeling is that that was another one of his like, yeah, yeah oh, moments. No, no, no. Because like at that point, he had the money that he wanted to, to make from this meth cook to give to his family. He was out. He was done. He was ready to die and just move on. Okay. But then he went into remission, and now he's got to live 
with this meth cooking thing for longer. Wow. That's that's how I've always thought of that moment. Wow. Um well, so there you go. You're I, I guess one of us is a a dumbass here and I'm not sure which one. <laughs> I guess I need to go back and rewatch that. Maybe we both should. Uh NW says when Hank starts talking to Walt about his old job of going in and tagging the trees, Hank was just the one who marked them. Someone else came in and did the dirty work of cutting them down and hauling them out. My first thought is this is similar to Walt's current or most recent job of setting up the prison murders. All he had to do is put a figurative red X on each person he wanted taken out. Someone else came in and did the dirty work of cutting hmm. them down. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Jake from Tallahassee. I wanted to mention something that's quite obvious on the show but isn't discussed much amongst fans and reviews. Part one of season five was noticeably better framed and shot than any other seasons. Gone are the days of the shaky cam and even the montages seem better executed. Maybe the Breaking Bad crew has more money equipment to play with since its mini since its mini season, or maybe a noticeable shift in aesthetics represents Walt's rise through the meth industry. The shaky cam and marginal framing in early seasons seem to reflect mm. Walt and Jesse's guerrilla style of making and selling crystal. When Gus goes down and Walt becomes a kingpin, the shaky cam vanishes completely. Also, note the excessive blue green color hues this season. Do you? As I, That's a good point. The thing is, is Breaking Bad's always had the reputation for awesome cinematography. And camera work. That's true, but I mean, I don't know because I don't remember a whole lot of shaky cam stuff in the early seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, but I if that's true, I could certainly examples. see them kind of going with a theme here of moving to this pristine environment. You know, you don't want a bunch of shaky cam and quick cuts and stuff. You just it's want definitely believable. Stationary. I mean, Dave Porter said as much in his interview that yeah. the musical style has evolved to fit. You know, the changing aesthetics of the show itself, which says yeah. that there is changing aesthetics. <laughs> That's true. So, I mean, there's definitely the grain of thought. I mean, I, don't, I guess he's saying noticeably better. Maybe it's better to say it's noticeably different. Yeah. Because I don't think you can say it's, it's I mean, maybe. I mean, you if can. you don't like a shaky cam, sure, it's right. noticeably better. Right. Um, so there you go. Uh, moving on to Daniel WB, professional podcast critic. Guess what? Oh, no. He's disappointed and stunned that we both raved about gliding, you villigan apologist. He has big <laughs> problems with the episode as follows. Walt invites Todd to help him dispose of Mike. He had the chops to do that by himself. Sure. Yeah, yeah but lifting Mike, like, <laughs> Mike's a pretty big dude. I mean, he's probably, what, 175, 180? Mm-hmm. And Walt is not a huge dude. I mean, lifting him into a barrel and all that kind of stuff, I don't know. Um, the prison murders were completely staged for cinematic effect. Three guys for each shanking. Uh, given the sheer number of victims, why would you waste the manpower on redundant stabbings, let alone the high visibility? Check out any prison movie, Shank and Run. It's always a lone shanker. Unless you're trying to make a political power statement a la the Ed Almost movie, you only see one shanker. The burn victim was original when they did it on Oz. Not now. Uh, Daniel WB, in addition to being a professional podcast critic, is a is a expert on prison executions as well. So there was a shanker in the grassy knoll. Is all I got to say. We're going to have to add that to his list of qualifications. Apparently uh, so. I mean, that's a fair criticism, and a lot of people labeled it that the prison montage seemed a little too pat. Yeah, I don't think it was very realistic. But what are you going to do? It's a TV show. Uh, so why okay why are we giving Breaking Bad a pass when we pillory the Walking Dead? Is it because the breakdowns are much more basic in the Walking Dead? 
breakdowns are more basic. What do you mean? I've been thinking about like because we really take Walking Dead to task, and I felt like in the uh-huh. last couple, maybe this season of Breaking Bad, we've given Breaking Bad a pass where maybe we wouldn't give The Walking Dead. Why is that? As far as realism goes? No, just as far as anything goes. Like, just, we seem to be, like you said, a little bit of a Villigan apologist. Where Glenn Mazzara, man, we're like... That's a, that's a fair criticism. Um, I, I, to I, me... I, yeah, go ahead. I feel like the breakdowns in The Walking Dead are much more fundamental, storytelling, yeah. basic breakdowns. And Yeah, there were no storytelling flaws here. It also commits the grievous stor- uh, error of being not interesting. <laughs> okay. Like when you, I don't like say what you will about this. You still care about what happens to Walt and Jesse and are yeah. invested throughout the episode. You might call bullshit here and there, but what mm-hmm. if like, I don't care if the prison killings were realistic or not. That's the thing. And I, that's I, a whole other level of bullshit. Yeah. Well, I, I've always said about breaking bad. I don't need the, like I give it a pass a little bit on its storytelling because you can't really touch Mad Men for that. I mean, Mad Men and yep. The Wire also, p- possibly better storytelling shows. Okay, okay, fine. But Breaking Bad is so entertaining to me that I can let little things like that go. All right. It That's doesn't, a fair defense. It doesn't need to be ultra-realistic or the best story I've ever heard. It's the acting, it's the cinematography, it's everything that comes together to make this package that I just enjoy watching more than the other shows. All right, we gotta we gotta get moving. Right. Um, he hated the three month Walter White victory tour montage. So many complications swept under the carpet. Three months is like two full seasons of Breaking Bad years. I didn't buy it as anything other than oops, we're out of time. Uh, <laughs> another fair point. A lot of people made that. You know, either uh-huh. but I again am not super interested in the and in, in further getting into Walt being on top. Well, there's a purpose in it, right? I mean, he is on top. They mm-hmm. wanted to show him being on top for a while and kind of getting bored with being on top, mm-hmm. and not and and not really needing it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think he is out at this point. He wants to be out. I think he wants to be out. Yeah, no, he's not out. Yeah, <laughs> but he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, well, that's next. His dating WB's next point. He goes. Okay. This show's now headed for a true romance, true romance style ending. Where the skinheads, the DEA, Declan's crew, and the Mexican cartel and the Taliban all meet up in one massive bloodbath where Walter White and his new gal pal Lydia sneak out the fire escape. Have a good off-season gold Colts. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, you're nodding your head. I've not seen True Romance. That's a Quentin Tarantino No, I flick, wasn't right? nodding. I haven't seen it either. Oh, well, there's another pop culture weakness we've got to fill. Uh, Terry from Michigan says, I was curious of your thoughts on a question I have. Hank seems to put everything together in his mind and knows Walt is Heisenberg. The question is, what proof does he actually have that he could use to convict Walt? We've kind of already talked about this. We agree. Not yeah, much. Not much. Handwriting. If he puts Hank under surveillance, or if Hank puts Walt under surveillance now, uh, he can do it all he wants, but it will yield no results I can think of unless maybe Walt stops by Jesse's house. Or if Walt stops by his money bin. I mean, there's uh, a giant stack of money sitting in a... A uh, storage warehouse uh-huh. there. Yeah. So he could... <laughs> you see Gummy. He rolls up the door and Gummy's there with a big smile on his face. Uh-huh. All right. That'd be awesome. Um, okay. So I like that. Uh, Linda S. says, Hey, guys. You probably got lots of email explaining Lydia's nose moving while she spoke. <laughs> Surprisingly, Linda, no. We got zero emails other than yours explaining this. It's true. Here's what I remember from having spent a few years working as an ear, nose, throat specialist. There's a tiny muscle called the nasalis at the very base of the nose that attaches to the bone at the top 
very top of the upper jaw, and this is sometimes responsible for the nose moving up and down while speaking or chewing, etc. It's more common in people with a slightly upturn at the tip of their nose, which Lydia has, the little hmm. cute little upturned nose. Uh-huh. It's not uncommon, and if a person is bothered by it, they can easily fix it by severing the muscle from the oh. inside of the upper lip. There's not even an outside incision. You just basically shiv your upper oh. lip. And it's, it, 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 it's, that sounds painful. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she just wanted to drop that science on us, literally. Um, <laughs> All right. I'm also embarrassed to say that after Season 5, Episode 8, I'm headed back on board the Walt train. Woo woo! Wow. Really? Not after me. After poisoning a kid? Not me. After killing Tin. Killing Jane? Yeah. Lots of people healed. He's yeah. killed so many people now. It's ridiculous. A lot of people. Uh, Cynthia Brooks says, why did Walt keep the book, or why didn't he tear out the front page inscription? Uh, it's it's a, a memory for him. Yeah. It's got sentimental value. And I don't think that... I really don't think that he would even think that this is something that would incriminate him. Mm, good and, point. And he's, this is his hubris. Yeah. Uh, Kevin F., uh, uh, which he calls himself the other Kevin F., because apparently we've got two now, unless this is just an elaborate prank on the original, by the original Kevin F. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Kevin F. Uh, in the 13th episode of season three of Scrubs, J- a janitor put a toilet on the roof of the hospital. He claimed that. that he Michael could look J. at Fox his, episode. He claimed that he could look at his life better than if he used one of the German-fested stalls from the hospital. He called it the Epiphany Toilet. Uh-huh. Several of the characters use it to find solutions to problems. I've known of the Epiphany effect of toilets for years. I wonder <laughs> if Villigan is also aware of the phenomenon. I don't know. I wonder if that is a Scrubs reference. Uh, he's a huge pop culture fan. Uh-huh. He does his shit all the time. I would be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Tammy says, I'm having a Breaking Bad marathon. I just finished watching Sunset episodes. Oh, this is another one where just people say that that's episode of yep. where, where Walt... Or Gus gives ah Gail gives Walt the book. Thanks, Tammy. Thomas. Obviously, the season has been about uh, homages to classic movies and inside references to show itself to other TV shows. What better way to close the series than by referring to the most chilling plot twist in TV show history? The pro- problem, Thomas, is you don't reference the TV show, and I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. But I'm going to read it anyway, so our other fans can continue to make fun of our lack of pop culture knowledge. <laughs> right. You didn't get this either. This is hard to research because you don't even know what he's talking I know. about. <laughs> like. I would put this whole paragraph into Google. Yeah. The scene, we are roughly 18 months in the future, starting from the end of season 5.1. Walter White is sitting in his living room. He's groggy. He's desperate. He's suffering from multiple gunshot wounds, but he'll make it. Around him, there's carnage. Bloodied bodies abound. Guns on the floor. Blood everywhere. Nobody moves. We recognize familiar faces from the show's history. There's an eerie silence. No music. The camera pans back, and we realize the door is ajar. Well, that's the first mind-blowing thing. The door is actually ajar. It comes slow. It opens slowly, and Baby Holly comes in. Walt is overjoyed and relieved to see her. There's a sense of a new beginning. He might leave now with his daughter, start a new life. Baby Holly all ambles towards him and picks up a pistol. It has to be a pistol, not a gun. Bang, bang, she says, and she pulls the trigger, sucking her pacifier twice optional. Walter slumps to the ground, dead, fade to black. Is this Simpsons? I almost think is this the one I who think that's shot Simpsons. Bur- Burns? It doesn't, uh, match with, it doesn't match with the carnage scene of Carnage all around him, though, does it? <laughs> I don't know, but I can't picture anything else other than Simpsons. Like, Pacifier is what did it. And I think I recall... I, I don't know. I could be talking on my ass, but I think it's Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Simpsons did it. Yeah. 
so I don't know if, if we're wrong. Please let us know. Uh, Brad from Frankfurt says, I don't know if I'll be the only person to notice this, but I feel like Walt's arrangement with Lydia seems to be setting up to be remarkably similar to his arrangement with Tuco. In the dinner scene where Walt and Lydia agree on terms of arrangement to ship and sell meth in the Czech Republic, Lydia's parting words to Walt were, we're going to make a lot of money together. We've already talked about this being essentially Tuco's words to Walt. In mm-hmm. the junkyard scene at the end of season one, before beating his friend to death, Tuco takes a snort of the first batch of blue meth Walt ever produced and says, we're going to make a lot of money together. Yep. Additionally, the opening shot of the first episode of season two, 737, and the first shots of the pool scene at the end of Gliding Overall are almost identical. The water dripping from the hose, <laughs> the wind chime, the bug crawling on the wall. In 737, Walt and Jesse concocted their plan to use ricin to kill Tuco. This is where we first saw ricin manufactured, and their plan to use it to kill their former business partner did not succeed. And gliding over all, Walt goes to the dinner meeting with Lydia planning to kill her with the same vial of rice and that survived a season and a half huh. now, only to abandon that plan. Now, nice. because of these similarities and knowing Villigan's predilections, it seems to me that Walt-Lydia relationship may be headed to an end similar to the one of the Walt-Tuco relationship. After the situation with Tuco blew up and Walt and Jesse failed to kill him with the ricin, Hank inadvertently stumbled upon Tuco while looking for Walt, who had disappeared. Hank ended up in a shootout and killed Tuco, bringing heat from the cartel. I can't help but think that this is foreshadowing to a situation where Hank decides to take his time to build a case against Walt. Only Walt somehow finds out what Hank is up to, stays one step ahead of him, goes on the run, and in looking for Walt, Hank uncovers Lydia's connection to the operation, possibly even killing her and bringing down heat from her connections into Germany or the Czech Republic. So the one thing that seems almost certain from that prediction is that Walt discovers that Hank's onto him and heads out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else Walt gets out of the, of New Mexico uh, assuming he even left New Mexico maybe his driver's license is fake right. or, well it's certainly fake but maybe it's sure, sure. his city is wrong right uh, but that's that's the thing that we know is going to happen mm-hmm. it's got to happen mm-hmm. uh, man there's so much here it's good to read looking back <laughs> on my biggest takeaway at least with respect to Walt's situation as we know it is that because it was Gail's inscription in a book given to Walt long ago that tipped off Hank, Walt's fate with Hank is essentially sealed when Hank was asked to consult with the Albuquerque Police Department on Gail's murder. Neither Hank nor Walt had any way of knowing this at the time, but the clue that would finally open Hank's eyes to Walt being Heisenberg was set in place long before any of the actions that Walt has taken in this season. With that being the case, everything Walt has done thereafter to avoid detection was ultimately pointless. If he hadn't pulled the magnet stunt in the evidence locker, the financial information hidden in the picture frame that led the DA to Gus and Mike's guys likely would never have been found. None of the go- those guys would have been in prison, and no one would have had to worry about them talking because they would still have their hazard pay to keep them s- silent. Even after they were caught in the inn, killing them all was fruitless because Walt has now been found out anyway by means that weren't connected to any of the men he had killed. Even killing Mike in action, which obviously had a deep emotional impact, was effectively unnecessary. I'll be interested to see if the show goes anywhere with this new notion that because of the nature of how Hank discovered Walt's role in all of this, Walt has done unspeakably horrible things or ultimately pointless because his fate was sealed long ago. Um, I don't know that I buy that. Because, yes, his fate is sealed, but he does have to do these things so that he doesn't end up dead, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I doubt Hank's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to do these things to provide for his family, which was his goal all along. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure everything he's done is pointless after, uh, Gail gave him the book. I don't know because 
ultimately that seems to be the thing that brought him down. Yeah, but he so would that, have been caught any of those other ways, right? Right. It wouldn't be the thing that brought him down if he had not taken action on but those that's, other things. that's his point. So, like, if he had not killed these people, he'd have still been taken down, but less people would have died. He's done all these evil things to avoid detection, and ultimately he's going to be detected anyway. Uh, well, for I mean, one, we don't know that he's taken down. We we have no okay. idea. Uh, fair point. Fair uh, point. I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say that. Well, it, it's a butterfly effect, right? We don't know if he hadn't have done these things, would he still even have the book? Like that's the thing. Would he have burnt up the book with his money and his barbecue? Fair like, point as well. You you just can't say. Yeah. Another another good point. It, it turned out this way because things turned out exactly the way they did. Yeah, that's it's yeah. It's like uh, what is that hindsight twenty twenty causality? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah. Is it cause or effect? You know? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I I like your take on that. Um, he also talked about a clarification based on our conversation in the Gliding Overall podcast regarding the number of names on Lydia's list of Mike's guys who had to be killed. I, he's right. We didn't do our math right on this. When he approached mm-hmm. Mike, he had she had a list of nine names. Yeah. After Mike refused to take his own guys out, she hired another guy to kill them as well as Mike, making the list uh, ten names long. When Mike sniffed out the ambush, he killed her guy, but not before he had killed Chow. This left nine names on the list, which was later reduced to eight when Mike and Lydia made a deal to go into business together. After adding the warehouse foreman from Golden Moth Chemical as well as Dan the attorney, the list would be back at ten names again. Did you follow all that? Did you follow that shell game? No, you lost me when you said that Chris wasn't one of the original 11. I said Chris wasn't. When he... You said she hired some guy to kill him. Yeah, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But Mike He was him. one of the original 11. No, I don't he was think, one no. of Mike's guys. I Mike don't think knew that's him. true. Yes, but, okay, that's the missing piece of information I was going to talk about. Okay, fair remember. enough. Yeah, that, Mike we said don't that, know that. Mike says he knows everybody involved in this business in, like, a multi-state area. Sure. Because sure. he's like, he said at one point, he's like, look, I know everyone that could do this. And, none and I guess we saw everybody get killed. So, well, so I, I think she hired a hitman and just Mike knew who the hitman was because this is Possibly. kind of their territory. Sure. Or no, I, I, but it could go didn't, either way. didn't Chris say that he needed the money? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that still doesn't add up. Uh, but Lydia hired one of his guys, which I thought his guys were the yeah, names on the list. agreed. So we're still a name short, aren't we? <laughs> Don't know, man. Uh, we're still confused. We're uh, still confused. Brad, Email us despite, again. Let despite us. your best efforts, <laughs> uh, the Crystal Shep says Mike overhears Hank tell Gomi put a brick to my head regarding calling for fund run donations, then makes the blow my brains out sign to secretary when he steps out of his office while Walt is quote unquote crying. Foreshadowing. A brick to, to my head. Yeah, when he's when when yeah, Mike what, Mike's what does a brick to my head mean. It's just this is like you know that was something that would kill you certainly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So it's like a gun to my head would have been a more apt reference, I guess. So Todd's notepad with the meth making instructions is that going to be an issue evidence down the line? Oh, could be. And the Crystal Shep is still waiting for that video of Jesse doing the cook to resurface. I don't think it's yeah. going to. Or, I think the Mex. I'm convinced that the Mexican stuff is is tied up, loosened, gone. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Villigan is no longer considering any of that shit. Too many players in the final half season, if that were not the case. Agreed. Uh, last email of the season. Season, season. Uh, 
Campbell T said, I decided to start watching Breaking Bad from the beginning again to see how much it changed. What a difference five seasons can make. This is a perfect way to end the cast, too. Yeah. A, perf- a constant change of characters, all based on choices they have made or choices made for them, are staggering. While watching the pilot, I noticed that fire played a role in possibly representing a fire burning in Walter White after his diagnosis, like his lighting matches while sitting in the po- at his pool. And gliding over all, he is washed in reflection of his abnormally blue pool, possibly symbolizing the flame has been doused. Another hmm. thing in the pilot was when he was being scanned at the hospital, the shot is fixed on Walt's face, which is from our view, is, uh, from our view Walter is being positioned with his head entering the shot from the top of his frame, possibly symbolizing his life being turned upside down by cancer. And gliding over all, we see the same shot except for the camera rotates from upside down to right side up. Oh, wow. Representing his change of heart and how getting cancer yeah. again has brought everything back to what he truly cares about his family. And the pilot, Hank, tells Walt, it's easy money till we catch you. How wrong Hank <laughs> truly is and how right he truly is. It's That's not cool. easy money. No, hell no, it's not. But then it was easy money once Walt did all this stuff and now he's going to be caught. Yep. Great uh, wrap-up for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, everybody, for all the emails. Uh, I know the last few weeks we haven't probably done it all justice because of our time and schedule. Yeah. But we have made the the college try and the effort. So thanks for sending in all the mess, the emails to breakinggood at baldmove.com. We're going into the off-season. Uh, we're probably going to take the next four weeks off. Um no podcast. I anticipate we'll have a preview podcast for The Walking Dead coming up. Uh, yes, we will. One week before The Walking Dead starts. I believe it starts on the 15th. Mm-hmm. So look forward on the 8th. If you want to get in on the Indianapolis Walking Dead meetup, about the only yeah. your only choice is if you want to you know, get this stuff pushed at you is to follow uh, Breaking Good or actually Bald Move at uh, uh, on Twitter. Twitter.com mm-hmm. at bald move, at bald move yep. or join the Facebook.com slash bald move website. So if you're Indiana native, you're not on any of those two areas and you want to get that stuff pushed rather than have to check our website for details. That's what you need to do. Um, again, we appreciate all your fans that have done that. It's, it's, you know, seeing numbers on Facebook and all the comments and all the tweets make us feel good. We really enjoyed all the positive reviews on iTunes. We've yeah. not quite doubled or no we've, we definitely doubled not quite tripled the amount of reviews we had coming into season one which when you consider or season four which you consider that as a whole season this is a half one you yeah. guys have done spectacular it's on stepped that up. Uh, we've maintained our solid gold five-star rating again it's all to you fans thanks yeah. for all the- until david chin sends his army over and then we're in trouble <laughs> that's gonna cost us a couple stars <laughs> asshole uh anyway uh thanks for using our affiliate link on amazon.ballmove.com uh you said there were no podcasts in the next month that's not true we got personal arrogance on the that's on true the board the boys they Eric will still and every week be delivering a, a juicy podcast for you to devour you want to hear about awesome beers you want to hear about video games board games science technology baseball baseball probably some fantasy football since both of them become little football mm-hmm. geeks uh despair at being seattle uh mariners and seahawks fans all that stuff <laughs> on personal arrogance uh, you can get to it on our website or on iTunes or, or um, uh, we, you also tweet that too, don't you? Not sure. iTunes, yeah, I'm it, sorry, but Facebook and iTunes or pff, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, if you follow us on there. Um, and uh, but thanks for everybody's support on Amazon. And what else we got to talk about? 
that's it, man. Are you going to update your how to dress up like uh I am. Yeah, we'll we'll we're going to hit um, and refresh all those links so if you want to, you know, yeah. look like Heisenberg or Walter White or Jesse uh, or Skyler, get some big mom jeans. Get some mom jeans, dress up as Skyler. <laughs> uh, we're going to update that uh, link and post it to Facebook and Twitter over the next couple of days. Yeah. Sorry, probably in early October. Um, what else we got to talk about? Thanks for everybody, um, you know, doing our Audible stuff. That's that's helped out yeah. a lot. Anyone who signed up an account under our referral link, audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove. Thanks to Deinston Schulter for uh, the contributing the music, and thanks for to Aaron Zimmerman for contributing an alternate theme that we're going to play you out to. Um, we got anybody else? Thanks to <laughs> Dave Porter for the interview. Yeah, thanks to Vince Gilligan for making a great show. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, stay with us with personal arrogance, and we'll see you in about five or six weeks when uh, Walking Dead starts up. Yeah, I'm actually excited. Wait. Uh, and kind of scared that I'm not going to be able to make fun of Rick's accent anymore. The show's going to be too good. Oh, no, he'll still have the accent. No, I think he's, he's, they've, he spent the last nine months getting an (laughs) accent coach. He is nailed. He Uh, lived in Kentucky for the last nine months. Maybe he has. I don't know. Working with Boyd. Yeah. From Justified to nail that Who has an odd accent anyway. Maybe it's Dewey. Dewey. Dewey? Dewey Crow. Maybe. Or... Who, who's the the one we really like? Our favorite, Dicky. Dicky, yeah. it's Dicky is what he needs to work with. Yeah, can you imagine Rick talking like that, idiot? <laughs> he can't, he shaves part of his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just has a different weird haircut every week. Uh, awesome. No oh boy. Uh, that's all I got to say, man. That's it. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Uh, we will see you if you join us in Walking Dead, and if not, we'll see you when season five point two starts up. In about a year. (laughs) Next year, bitch. With that said, until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you then.
say my name. Where's my money? Where's my money, bitch? Where's my money, bitch? bitch, bitch, bitch.